So this is the chart of the Aries ascendant who was born on May 12th, 2002, plotted in the Vedic style. So as you can see the bundle of planets which I spoke of earlier, the bundle of planets is the highest in the Artha triangle. Look up the Artha triangle series of mine, what it means for different ascendants. Meaning the majority of planets and points for this individual is placed in the Artha triangle. There are five of them here and there's one here. So there are totally six out of the total 12 placed in the Artha triangle. Which indicates what? Which indicates this person would need and spend most of their personality and time and efforts and resources in grounding. Artha is about grounding. Because the second house for this Aries Ascendant falls in Taurus, the sixth house of work falls in uh, Virgo, and the tenth house of career falls in Capricorn. These are all earth signs. First point to note, all of these are earth signs. So they are calling the individual to ground it. They're calling them to recognize whatever these planets provide and points provide. Rahu is a point there, the North Node. So all of their energies and efforts, they should, whatever is acquired here and whatever is given to them here, they should bring it in their daily work. This is the bridge. That bridge, they should bring it forward to the 10th house in their career where Neptune stands. And we'll talk about this in the detailed aspects for each one of these quickly. Okay. So this is the point to note. In every chart, there will be a dominance of this triangle from Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. Where are they? Uh, their predominant amount of planets and points focused on. And like we spoke of earlier also, there's a left half which is inner world that is the right half of the chart which is the masculine outer world. So two of the points of this triangle are lying within their inner half, meaning what? Their life path should be more determined for them by doing the work within, within themselves, with themselves, understanding their personality and everything. Only then they can manifest this last point in their career and find success there. Okay. Now let's see different visions of different planets, aspects of the planets and how they provide different kind of energies to this individual. So first the Aries Ascendant. Okay, That's the chart of Vedic style and we'll consider Jupiter first. So this individual, boy or girl, born on 12th May 2002 at 5 a.m. Indian Standard Time because this is plotted for the chart of India. <clears throat> we'll first consider Jupiter. Okay, Jupiter is the main learning qualities we consider first. We'll go in order. After that, we'll consider Saturn. And I've shown the aspects of Jupiter over here in this image. So Jupiter, if you look up the 159 series, directional paths and triangles, etc. covered in my previous series, Jupiter is sitting in the house of desire in the third house and looks at the fifth house, fifth aspect, it looks at the spouse, the house of spouse, the who, fulfilling the need for companion and communication. And it wants to bring this energy of karma to the dharma house. That becomes its going forward direction in life. The self, the inner learning and the qualities that it brings going into the outer world. Okay, from inner world to the outer world. So they must bring in their own wisdom. That's one clue right there. And the ninth aspect, which is the higher wisdom, looks at social gains and understanding. So how does this play out? Let's just briefly look at it. First, I want you to note that there is... 
Jupiter is looking at all the desire body. Look at the fifth aspect and the ninth aspect. So if they do this, they can do the seventh aspect more properly. Okay, that triangle we are looking at over there, as I'm showing you on the screen. The desire body, that's what Jupiter is looking at. The person, this kind of person is more proactive towards communication because this house of communication, discovery of skills. This position makes a great business person. This communicative ability that they have helps them sell and market and spread their word, their genius, as in their knowledge. Jupiter stands for knowledge and understanding. It's a teacher. They have tremendous interest in writing and teaching. A lot of benefit from group activities as well as attaining wealth from younger siblings because second house is younger siblings and Jupiter is in the third house. Third house stands for younger siblings. Jupiter's fifth aspect the seventh house shows a need to make business deals happen along the way along their life and have a sincere relationship with their spouse because seventh house is of spouse they need to find that connect they need to find the desire whom they wish to connect to as a business partnership perhaps when it comes to career if they want to be an entrepreneur because they are good at being businessmen <clears throat> jupiter's ninth aspect shows that one will always be facing their gurus, teachers as part of their journey. Guru brings them, Guru or Jupiter brings them these teachers in this house, in the ninth house, okay? In the 11th house aspect, they will make a lot of long distance travels. They will go abroad to attain higher education. Ninth and 11th indicate the gains there. 11th house is gains, ninth house is higher wisdom and knowledge. That is Sattva and Dharma. That means they are seeking higher wisdom and philosophy here. So Jupiter will help them get teachers in life who will teach them. That's, an, that's the seventh aspect. Okay. And the ninth aspect shows that one will always be facing their teachers as part of their journey. They will connect to the social networks, many long distance travels taking place and to attain higher education in the field of interest. The focus is to gain more gains because this is the house of gains. Okay. For what am I doing this? fulfillment on earth the first for what the purest form of desire sattva and kama is being answered in their 11th house because jupiter is looking it's giving his good side to the house of gain so they will have they will use their social network social media to gain their knowledge and understanding and be fulfilled in their desire body okay that's how it will work for them next let's look at saturn so speaking of Saturn, now Saturn is appearing in the second house. The third aspect looks at the fourth house. Saturn has a third aspect, which is the place where effort is required. It's looking at the opposite house in eighth house. And it also looks at the 10th aspect in the 11th house. What is Saturn first? Saturn is a workaholic. It's a very dry planet. It does not know emotions. It does not know any art or creativity or any such thing it's a very dry planet which just wants to work 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 and fulfill duties and is very insecure basically okay because he's working working to create and accumulate resources that's the energy saturn brings to any chart so how is saturn playing out here second house first of all it's in the artha house so saturn loves this place because it's a very grounded planet 
It's in the grounding body. So Saturn is at home here. They have enormous responsibility towards family, family businesses and finances. Great need to have a steady source of income that will enable them to fulfill duty. See, Saturn is all about duty, not desire. Speaking the truth and speaking for social welfare. Saturn is all about social causes and social reform. This will enhance their wealth. Engaging in activity for social causes. They might be conservative with accumulating wealth. Saturn is a very, very conservative planet. They want to limit their spending. Saturn limits everything that goes on in a house. Right? So they might be engaged in working or earning money through routine and repetitive work. Saturn is about repetitive work. Natural fears from taking risks and finances with a darker undertone towards dealing with family. They are pessimistic. Saturn is pessimistic. And now it's falling in the house of family. So they might be pessimistic towards their family. The third aspect of Saturn, where Saturn wants to, it creates a kind of challenge for any individual. The third aspect of Saturn, like place there where they need to put extra effort. Let's just put it that way. The third aspect on fourth house shows lack of understanding from the mother. Why? Because fourth house stands for the mother. They may attain multiple properties in real estate. Saturn loves acquiring stuff. And fourth house is for land and real estate. Okay. And the third aspect is Saturn's effort of working area of life. Saturn's seventh aspect on the eighth house, this one shows longevity of life. Because eighth house is what? Instability of life, maybe even death. So when Saturn looks at 8,000, it's actually good because it gives them longevity, less diseases, less problems with the health because Saturn is directly looking at that. And they have very formal relationship probably with their in-laws whenever they get married or restraint. Why Saturn puts restraint on everything it sees. Saturn's 10th aspect, that one you see on the 11th house, that blue arrow over there, shows lack of understanding of network and social circles because it's looking at social circles. So they will look at social circles with a very dry aspect because of this Saturn influence. As in they will look only what can I gain. They'll make friendships in the community only for their self gains. Okay. If they work this puzzle properly, now look at the Dharma Artha aspects. They are in the grounding area, but that they bring to a Moksha area. So if they work this puzzle of the third house, however it's relevant to them, depending on a lot of other factors, they will bring that moksha graduate to the eighth house. This will play out in all the ascendants as we shall see. Okay, so that's Saturn folks. Now let's look at the Rahu aspect, the north node. You can see the north node is marked in the figure over here. That's the north node over there in the second house. The house of wealth resources it's the house of artha which where north node or rahu does very well because rahu wants all materialistic gains in very unconventional ways so in their artha house they have rahu there in the second house where they find out the question how how am i getting resources abilities in the second house and rahu has a fifth and ninth aspect the fifth aspect looks at work and the tenth aspect or the ninth aspect which is in the tenth house also looks at work so they are looking at all the grounding houses okay so think of this as the arrow pointing towards Rahu as you can see there that means Rahu uses the fifth aspects and the ninth aspects going 
towards itself that means this person will use work and their career in order to gain money and wealth okay just in short that's how you should interpret rahu let's briefly look at the quick points of there rahu in the second house what does it offer it offers the grounding body because it's artha house wealth through self efforts making impression on people rahu always wants to over amplify exaggerate impress whatever its house it sits in like an actor or a public figure probably move away from their family because rahu is having the energy of foreign lands foreign people both rahu and ketu both the north and south node have a very foreign energy to them as opposed to native energy they might move away from the family to completely foreign place or country expansion of self image and seeking fame and achieve wealth again the north node energy is always wanting to seek materialistic gains the north node in the second house aspects the sixth house the house of work enemies so they might find enemies in foreign lands that one of the possibilities and of different religions or cultures extravagant ways they might bring debt because sixth house is also the house of debt individual debt debt as in debt of finance okay they might have extravagant ways of bringing debt by overspending they might appear to be rich they might have unusual diseases because six thousands of diseases the doctors may not be able to diagnose they might have victory over enemies through unusual taboo breaking ways rahu's aspect on the 10th house of career shows one will have to make an impact on the people in order to be having a good career and there's neptune sitting there which we'll see in the last how this plays out okay so they want to be the product they want to gain that image towards themselves in order to be successful in their career this is what the north node tells next let's look at the south node so you can see the south node on the screen over there the inverted horseshoe shape the inverted horseshoe shape the ketu or the moksha karaka or that means the ketu always wants detachment south node is a conquered territory of your wisdom from past lives and it is looking at in its fifth and ninth house aspects fifth and ninth aspects also at both the moksha houses and it is sitting in scorpio in the eighth house that means it's already in its own domain its own sign the south node is the core ruler of uh, scorpio along with mars and pluto so already they are looking at a lot of moksha energy that they bring they already have a lot of detachment they bring in this and they want to focus it towards that as you can see these two arrows it brings it from the fifth and the ninth aspect now how does this play out because it is looking at all the moksha houses so on the one hand the rahu which we saw earlier wanted to have materialistic gains ketu brings detachment from that same thing this is how the shadow plays out in a person's life so ketu in 8th house is in the emotional body mokshas are what we discussed before emotional body detachment feels like leaving earth thinking the world is mundane feeling like you just don't fit in the world might be the sole breadwinner in the family making joint assets impossible this 8th house is a house of joint assets assets after marriage they might be drawn towards mystical sciences because 8th house is of mysticism and occult on the 12th house aspects they might have sudden urge to be in isolation 8th house 12th house is for spirituality isolation warring wandering in foreign lands in seeking spiritual pursuits 
finding themselves doing research on unusual subjects like UFOs, ghosts, aliens, conspiracy theories even, or even predicting the future or astrology, spiritual connections in foreign lands they might have because of this, because the south node is looking at the 12th house in the ninth aspect. It also looks at the 4th house, which is Sattva and Moksha. They might have a separation from other because Ketu tends to separate. South node tends to separate wherever it touches aspects of their house. So it's looking at the 4th house. They might move away from their homeland. This could also mean they might be traveling and settling in other countries. They might have sudden changes of residence. Or they might have distance or satisfaction from the mother. Domestic secrets, which is not shared with anyone. Why? Because South Node is in the house of secrets in Scorpio. These are one or more of the aspects. Okay, any one of these might play out. We need to have a deeper dive into individual to know the real truth there. Next, we'll talk of Mars. Looking at Mars now, Mars is also placed here in the second house. The house of wealth, the house of family, the house of assets and everything else. Your self-family, one you are born into, one which you create. And Mars has, Mars has three aspects as you can see here in the red lines. One is the fifth aspect, uh, sorry, the fourth aspect which is looking at the fifth house here in this case. Fourth aspect, then there is the seventh aspect and there is the eighth aspect. What are these different aspects of Mars briefly? The fourth aspect is where you want dominion and control, where you want to guard this stuff, protective Mars, like the soldier. Okay. The seventh aspect is where you bring that aggression towards, towards home. Mars is generally a very aggressive, driving planet, so it brings a drive energy. But on the shadow side, it can also mean that you are just overtly aggressive and want too much of control over things. Mars wants control. In the 8th house, it wants to look at all the secrets. The 8th aspect of Mars looks at the secrets of that particular house. So let's see how this plays out for this Aries ascendant. In the 2nd house, there is the grounding body. It looks at the Dharma house, Moksha house and another Dharma house. So it looks at the 5th and ninth as the Dharma house. So they need to seek means and acquire abilities if you want to use this Mars positively in order to understand higher wisdom and higher wisdom of the philosophical aspect. You need to get good education because they, this looks at the house of education and then they will find proper core desires. What is their core desires? This is looking at it strictly from the perspective of Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. But let's see what happens if we don't do anything about it. If we do not do anything, this person will need dominion over family assets, money, wealth and money. They basically need a lot of money and they'll be very short-tempered with their family. The fifth, looking at the fifth house, it looks at, and the seventh uh, aspect, the eighth house, it wants to, it has a drive to control children, wants dominion over children. If this person is a male or a female, they will want to dominate their children a lot aggressive behavior because Mars by default brings aggressive behavior. Now unless you recalibrate that Mars and like we discussed earlier, think in terms of Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha, you're not going to resolve this. That's the whole drive here, right? That's what you're trying to achieve with good personality as opposed to just following whatever you are born with. 
and they will be aggressive even towards their educational entertainment pursuits they might have short but energetic romantic encounters fifth house is for romance short and energetic why mars is very restless it doesn't have any long term gains they might have aggressive behavior in sexual encounters aggressive behavior towards in-laws because it's looking at the eighth house this is the fruit of a marriage you gain in-laws only once you are married mars eighth aspect on the ninth house it has a kind of disregard for elders if you don't agree with me i will not have any respect for you that's what mars says here they want the same points of view they want everybody to agree with them if mars looks at the house of dharma you need to understand that you need to recalibrate or readjust your aggressiveness and look at it more from a drive point of view mars provides energy it's needed it's not that it's bad it's always needed but how you're going to use it is using this dharma artha kama and moksha aspects okay let's let's talk about the sun now let's look at sun and moon both together the sun and moon are both here sitting in the house of dharma where they ask the question they need to find the answers for the why need to find path and purpose that's what the first aries sign stands for they both are almost conjunct together it might be a new moon so what happens in this they are in the first house of dharma looking at their spouse looking at their business partnerships so this how does this play out first of all they need to bring the dharma aspect from themselves towards their others or relationship with the entire world seven is not just spouse and business partnership is everybody else in the world it's your general viewpoint of the world that's what libra is how does this play out wisdom body first they are in the wisdom body dharma wants reorganization feels extremely proud and egotistical these are the shadow aspects okay if sun if it's not regulated as dharma will get very egotistical about things very dominating on their spouse business partner all of the people they come across moon here in the first house aspecting is also in the wisdom body that means they need to get wise emotional sense of being first in themselves they need to become wise they can even provide that energy to the moon the softening energy they look they get an emotional connect with their body and look at looks and health because first house is also for the head and the face they might be very good looking on the one hand boy or girl moon provides that energy but they might have a lot of kind of emotionally narcissistic connection with their complexion you know always admiring themselves in the mirror they might be that kind of a people they will be want to project this emotional connect image into the world see some first house looking towards seventh house okay this connect is what they are looking for emotional connect with the spouse with everyone mind feels balanced when they hang out with other people other people is libra they may have disagreements with others and that might upset their health because they are having a strong emotional connect it might affect even their head because aries stands for the head there in ascendant okay so that's the sun and moon next let's talk about mercury now we'll take up mercury and venus together right so as you can see mercury and venus both are in the house of artemis they are very grounded and being ruled by the ruler taurus ruler is venus 
So they both are looking only at the seventh aspects, the opposite side. So they bring that kind of sensitivity and intelligence. Mercury is for intelligence, Venus is for sensitivity. To this house, eighth house, how does that play out? Mercury in the second house, eight aspect in the eighth house from the grounding body, major focus is on managing one's own or family's wealth. Assets, because Mercury wants that assets and seeking opportunities to speak, talk, counsel people in your family, counsel people maybe in your in-laws, highly interested in speaking, talking and negotiating their way into increasing the wealth via family. They might be interested in joint assets or they might be interested in writing, even singing, great focus on managing debt, one of the qualities of Mercury. Now Venus in the same house aspecting the eight again it's in the grounding body so they have great love of being near to family enjoying the joint family assets venus wants goodies of life okay wealth food love great need to indulge in eating sweets earning money through art taurus is an earth sign and ruled by venus so it's all about creating physical art art galleries music singing making things which are artful real the earning of native would be mainly through currency art pleasure leisure food or media they need to have a sense of comfort and love from family that eighth house the extended family that they have not only their spouse but also their in-laws so they need the support of the family this venus looks for that they might want harmony and lovable relationships with the in-laws a sense of comfort in their company that's what venus is looking for this is Artha translating and moving in the external world towards Moksha. This will be their liberating point. If they can follow this, it's good for them. Now let's go to the outer planets one by one. Or we'll take one screen and do all of them. All the outer planets next. Now looking at the three outer planets which are circled in purple over there. Pluto is in the eighth house. It's ruling that house so it's got a lot of power over there. Uh, Neptune is in the 10th house of career and Uranus is in the 11th house of gains and social connections. So how does this play out for them? First of all, you need to know that the outer planets are more of a generational planet. That means it affects the entire collective of humanity who are born at that time. And how it plays out in individual lives is what we are examining here. So Pluto in the 8th house is an emotional body, moksha. So Pluto and Moksha can be really, really going deep. Those with Pluto in 8th house possess power to drastically change the lives of others because it's in the external world. Remember, we talked about the right half of the chart as masculine. So for this Aries Ascendant, all these three outer planets will play out in the external world. Everything will be about the external world. Not so with every Ascendant as we shall see in other case studies change the lives of others can lead to build up of repressed desires. So if they repress desires, Pluto sitting in the 8th house has a tendency to unearth all this stuff. It can plunge the native into intensity of the underworld. 8th house Scorpio, ruling the 8th house in this case, is a lot of buried treasure. It wants to unearth that stuff. Okay. In 8th house, it becomes all about mysticism, occult. Now, partnerships, which is the result of marriage, may involve power struggles. Pluto always recalibrates all egotistical tendencies. 
doesn't matter what the other inner planets are doing over there as you can see in the second house Pluto does not care for what Jupiter is doing Saturn is doing or all the inner planets is doing it will change everything it has got guardianship over all the inner planets it will change all the energies that are there and what the person becomes through life okay Pluto also there might be power struggles we covered that they might have long drawn conflict over inheritance sex business deals and divorce settlements why their power struggle again okay got to be careful of that what what is pluto asking you in this eighth house to do well it's asking you to let go find your core desires first you want to answer the question for what it's in the tamas and moksha house there okay coming to neptune in the 10th house of career it is rajas and artha it's in a grounding body neptune is a very dissolving kind of planet all about art creativity fine arts um, higher heart and that kind of thing but now it's sitting in the house of career where it needs to ask how what where what is my job what is my career so what happens when neptune is stuck in this place these people often have a career relating to art they want glamorous positions they want harmonious aspect this can be a grace placement for living in public eye enjoying fame becoming actors public image right because they have an intuitive understanding of what the public feels like neptune here can be perceived as this parent soft gentle but also maybe impractical and unrealistic on the shadow side neptune is the prominent in the charts of actors dancers musicians singers if you're looking for acting these kids who are born on may 12th under aries ascendant in india can become good actors is supportive even the other planets which we saw in the earlier part of this video are supporting public image remember the rahu is seeking public image moving to uranus in the 11th house it's in the desire body the purest form of desire now uranus does very well in the 11th house technically because uranus is all about social connections about social media about the community not individual and yet uranus is a planet of individuation means it seeks individuality towards itself this can sometimes be quite challenging to align these two being an individual standing out and yet aligning with the collective these are two different energies but they can become a leader in their community uranus can make this person an innovator ahead of their time but they want to work for the good of the whole community beautiful kids all 20 somethings right now in india uranus in the 11th house likes to be unique and gather unconventional people from the social media for their friends they might have strange social media connections and friend circle there more of social media lots of social media engagement okay these are the energies of uranus so next we shall be talking about the taurus ascendant which happens about one and a half hours from the aries ascendant okay keep watching and if you like the video you can subscribe to my channel and listen to my podcast as well on the podcast directories take care and be safe